can uh, can you hear can you can you hear that sound by the way? I don't. Can you hear that sound that's going on out there? Because that's all I hear. Oh well, I I'm, I meant the sound of not being interrupted. Oh, what what is that? What what's going on? Oh, from Chris not being here. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know you were pointing behind you, and I thought yeah, I see a window. I thought you were like pointing at the window, like. Yeah, and I thought, oh, was there construction going on before that I don't hear now? I would even take construction noise over Haberman's interrupting. I mean, that's why we had to secretly record today without him knowing. You look like you've gotten a lot of sun, or that could be just the lighting. Uh, so I have, I have gotten a lot of sun. I'm a little concerned that the, the camera is, it, it's sort of making it look like I fell asleep while tanning. You know, it looks like you were like yesterday, you were at the pool for like six hours is what it looks like right now, like in Arizona. When uh, I was away visiting my sister for a week, we uh, we spent a lot of time outside because the weather was great. So mm -hmm. I have gotten I have gotten out of sun on one of the days uh, she had to go into work. So she was at work all day. I took a walk and then I don't know. Uh, I found uh, a nice, uh, a nice bar by the sea, and I sat in the sun for like five hours until she got yeah. off work, and I just kept drinking, and my my nose was really, really red afterwards. I mean, that's that sounds fun, like just getting like uh, sick by the sea, drinking, and not realizing how much time has passed. Like that's yeah, that's an acceptable circumstance to get a little burnt. It, 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 Great, and I'm also I'm also pretty sure alcohol hits harder when uh, you're out in the sun. Oh yeah! Last week there was we went to this um, thing at our neighborhood complex where they just built this. They tore down the tennis court and they built this thing called the yard, and it's like this neighborhood gathering thing where it's got like fake grass, and it's got a sand pit, and it's got um, like ping pong tables. Oh, okay, but it, and is it's it also, actually nice? No, yeah, it is actually. It's really nice. They just finished building it. They also like had a bunch of food trailers lined up there. Who, do, um, do you mean food trucks? You guys asked me this. I said, no, there was no truck. It's just the trailers. They dropped off. Like, I know what a food truck is, but uh -huh. these things didn't have an engine or steering wheel. <laughs> they were just the trailer. The truck was gone. There were food trailers. Uh, they were just like, you know, those those like Hollywood trailers that they use for like, I'm going to be in my trailer. Um, it, those it, like Airstreams. But it, they were like gutted out and just made into kitchens. It, it's the, the kind that uh, Leo would trash in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, they, he trashed it. And then they're like, well, we got to rip all this out. And then they made it uh, they made it into a, uh, a kitchen. I rewatched that movie the other day. And it's yeah, I know. so good. I, I love that film. It was like 95 degrees and really sunny. And so we went uh, to this thing because it was the grand opening and we took all the kids and we could walk there. So I was I have like a big 32 ounce Yeti thermos cup. I filled it up with gin, a dash of sparkling water. <laughs> and, and balance just, is important. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just started uh i mean there was ice in there too so obviously the ice waters it down some once it melts but with the thing with the yeti the ice doesn't melt so much i had to walk back and forth a couple times to get stuff that we left at home or get like you know or take someone back to go to the bathroom or just whatever and i found how, that how far away is this i mean i don't like what maybe like two blocks oh okay it's like really close. Um, I found that as I was walking, I would drink more than, you know, 
if I was like over there dealing with the kids and helping out and stuff. And I noticed that one of the times I walked back, I was like really drunk and it's like, it must be the sun. So I think it, I blamed it on the sun. I don't think that I was drinking too much. I think it did, was the sun. Did, did, did you have to refill it? Did. <laughs> I topped it off. I, I was just, I got, I got a very nice table. I was sitting there reading a book, watching people. And like the only walking around I did was I walked up, walked over to the bar, got another drink and went back. So I didn't like do any, but then I had to go up and go to the bathroom and pee. Holy mm. shit. Just standing still. And aiming was, that was a struggle. That's what I realized that this might've been a bad idea. Can, can you guess what I'm drinking right now? Um, no, you... That looks like beer. No, it, it is. Um... But I know you don't drink beer. It looks like maybe cranberry juice or beer. Oh, very close. It is lingonberry juice. Lingonberry juice. Yeah. What are we doing with lingonberry? What, what's a lingonberry? The lingonberry. That's that's the lingonberry. See. They're, oh, okay. They're, they're not. Oh, 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 oh. They they sell that at IKEA, don't they? They serve it with uh, meatballs, or at least they should. It's delicious. I've never it, eaten a single thing from the IKEA food court. How many times have you been to an IKEA? Probably dozens. The food might be even better than the furniture, and that's saying something. What? How do the meatballs come, and what kind of instructions come with them? <laughs> I don't know. They're probably made out of four. Who gives a shit? They taste delicious. You have a countdown? Well, yeah. So it's a type of countdown, but we both have to participate in it. There are 26 um, counts in the countdown. The same number of letters in the alphabet. So the other day, not the other day, last night, uh, we were driving home and it was kind of late and Rhett was getting tired and he was saying like, I'm going to fall asleep. And I said, no, do not fall asleep. Cause when Rhett falls asleep, he like really falls asleep, like quick. He's just out and he's, and it's impossible to wake him up. There's been times when we've gotten home before and I've had to wake him up to get him out of the car and he will not, it's in, he won't wake up. I practically have to carry him inside. I'm pretty sure I, I have witnessed this. Yeah, happening. exactly. Uh, Rhett, like is a very deep sleeper and does not wake up. And I was like, Brett, no. And so I told him, I said, do the bathroom ABC song. And that wasn't a thing before I said it. And he said, what's the bathroom ABC song? You say the ABCs, but every letter relates to a word about the bathroom. So you have to like think of something about the bathroom for every letter. And so then I, he's like, I don't get it. And so I did the entire alphabet on the way home and I got to Z right when we pulled in the driveway to park. Can I start? I think I get the game. Do, mm-hmm. do, yeah. Do so we- we're going to alternate. You, you okay. start. I start. And so for every letter, it has to relate to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Anal. Uh, there you go. B. I'm going to keep it going. B is for BM that you do in the bathroom. B is for faucet as in water closet d no? is for your dick when you pee out of your dick um, these aren't the exact ones i did last night but some of them were similar e is for enormous like an enormous thumb f is for i've got to take a fucking shit <laughs> g is for groom because that's where that's a good hiding spot on your wedding night h hemorrhoids i think i got hemorrhoids from trying to push out that <laughs> dump i is for ice because sometimes you get sore after you've been pulling pulling a big shift. Jay, just hold on a minute. I've got to go poop. 
what comes after that? K? A lot of it was me trying to remember which letter is next once we got to like J through S. K is for the KKK because they like bathrooms because they're often white. That's that's a good one. L. Lavatory. Some people call a bathroom a lavatory. M is for moist. Uh, okay. <laughs> In nobody's gonna tell me where I can't poop and where I can't poop. Uh, o is for oral. All right. P protrusion. <laughs> Sometimes if uh, you, I could have gone just P for P, but protrusion. Sometimes you can hurt yourself if you push too hard and you'll have a protrusion. What comes after that? Q. Q. Have we skipped some? It feels like we skipped some. No, I don't know we'll, the alphabet. We'll, we'll, listen. <laughs> we'll listen back to it. Q. Yeah, you're in Q. Quixotic, a quick, quixotic shower. Racists, even racists use the bathroom. Do they know? Are we that's, sure? That's in everybody poops. S is for shitstorm. E, toilet. The toilet is in the bathroom. U uh, is for I don't want you in there with me. B, venereal diseases can be caught from public toilets. Uh, w is for wonder bra because they're sometimes difficult to get off when you're in a hurry. I'm going to do X. What did I do for X last night? Xylophone. It looks like a poop to xylophone. Y is for... Oh, Y, I need to go relieve myself. Z... Zero chance I'm going to make it to the bathroom before this <laughs> diarrhea comes out. I would probably close the door if I saw a zebra in, a, in, a, in the bathroom. Yeah, if you go in the bathroom, there's a zebra. You go back out. You've gone into the animal bathroom. There, there are no more letters in, in the American That's alphabet, it. right? That's okay. the end of the American yeah. alphabet. Okay. I think we got all 26. We have, we have three more in, in the Swedish. Okay. Tim, play the intro. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. I think we should start pretending like Tim is here. Like, like <laughs> he, he's our... Uh... He, he, we have to schedule him just for... <laughs> just for the beginning of the recording and then he just sits silently the rest of the time we he really he it's a big commitment for him yeah he, he's like uh the bold canadian guy in the late show what's his name paul shaver yeah that's it is he actually famous in canada is he like the most famous like besides Will, william shatner no, is he like ryan reynolds is canadian oh, that's true um... hey hey Speaking of William Shatner, uh, what what did you post that he's going to do for Russian state television? Yeah, so I gotta, let me look up what the name of the show is. But he's doing a show that he's doing on, and he tweeted that you know I've got this uh, show coming out, and then he like tagged RT in the tweet. He was arguing with people on Twitter about how. They were saying, like, you're doing a show for, like, a propaganda network. And he was just like, no, I'm... He was just arguing with people about how they don't know what they're talking about. Russia Today is not propaganda. I wouldn't have anything to do with propaganda. Here's the trailer for it. I'm going to play the trailer. In May of 2021, the remains of a 20-ton chunk of a Chinese rocket came crashing into Oh, Earth. no. Is he, like, that debunking Russian... Just how much stuff is up there? Now, how did it get there? And do I really need 
to also be worried that some piece of space debris could fall out of the sky. And how big a problem is this? I'm William Shatner, and I don't understand. <laughs> no, we, no, no one does. Well, all right. So what is, I'm also, I'm really glad we're on the New York Post website. That's, that's a source I trust. Oh, yeah. But, well, that was the, well, that was the first thing that came up when I Googled it. I just clicked on the first link. And so that's, that's all why. Right. All right. But what is it? Is, is he, I mean, th there are two possible options here. One is he has turned 90 and he's obviously just gone completely senile. That's what that that's kind of what my tweet was alluding to was. And because I, I said nobody that knows him couldn't have like said something about, hey, this is a bad idea so that the chat doesn't end his career, you know, uh, with a show on the Russian propaganda network. Because like we don't want to remember William Shatner this way, <laughs> and, like no. because this sounds like he's going to be like debunking like like russia did not shoot down that yeah. that plane <laughs> yeah it, like it literally sounds like the kremlin could have written this mm -hmm. uh, the, mm -hmm. the other option is that maybe maybe he put all his money in bitcoin and it was all stolen so he's just mm. broke it well do when dogecoin dropped uh, 24 <laughs> cents today from a high of like 68 cents Maybe he lost after after Elon sold his and got out. And every time I think like every time it, it drops and Elon Musk buys back in with like a hundred million dollars, then he tweets something about it and it spikes like 20 cents. And then that's it, just one tweet. And then he sells it again. <laughs> And then he gets he gets back out. Yeah, that, that shit is so shit. I mean, he's being investigated it, for that garbage stuff. It, he should be because it's very it's it seems very clear that he's manipulating. It. I mean, he's admitted that he's bought at least some because he said, oh, I bought my son um, a Dogecoin to teach him about cryptocurrency. <laughs> Because that's how you learn about cryptocurrency technology is you, you know, your dad gives you some of it. Transition. So I want to talk. So it is, well, I guess now it is, it's the summer, but we've had the spring here and during the spring, what do you have during the spring? You have a lot of weddings during the spring. Uh, it's, it's a season of joy. And I stumbled uh, up on, uh, up on a news item in the reputable uh, Daily Mail which, you know, sure. we, uh, we, we do our fact-checking here on the podcast. Uh, and I actually, I did find an article here. In, in India, weddings are, I mean, weddings are a big deal in the US too, right? But in India, it just feels like they make an even bigger, bigger deal out of it. Okay. I wasn't aware of this, but that sounds fine. Yeah. Nothing, nothing problematic so far. No, no, no. So they, they really like their fucking weddings. But so these two families, they were congregated. They had been partying for days. It was finally time for the wedding. The husband and wife-to-be were up on, up on the, the stage at the altar, whatever you call that thing. They uh, started the ceremony. And you know what happened in the middle of it? The bride just died. Be, be, before they were married, she just collapsed. And they, uh -huh. they rushed the, the village... Uh, doctor uh, there but you know I mean it's India couldn't help her she died what do you think they did when faced with this predicament found a replacement yes no <laughs> <laughs> okay so this was like an arranged marriage and they're like look there is way too much re relying on uniting our families to let one death 
of the bride standing in the way. She's got a sister. Let's get her up here. She's a little older. And... Younger. Her youngest sister. Oh, boy. I was <laughs> hoping it went the other way. Look, they, they've gathered both of the families. There might be some sort of dowry at stake. So that's at what stay. I mean, yeah. It, it is also apparently, according to this article, it is really bad luck. Uh, or something like bad voodoo uh, if if you leave a wedding unmarried which, which sort of make makes makes you wonder how often does this happen bad luck like the bride dying like that kind of bad luck <laughs> if we don't marry this something really bad yeah we all liked her but i'm talking something really bad yes she's dead but something really bad could happen if we don't <laughs> So uh, here's another part of the story that I also found interesting. All right, so 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 the bride, uh, she's dropped dead in front of the altar. Uh, They they they're like, oh, what do we do? We're going to marry the sister. They start to prepare the sister for for the ceremony, and you're like, let's get that dress off of her. (laughs) What? Well, I mean, yeah. What do you do with the dead body? Well, apparently they just leave stashed, it there. No, no, they stashed it in a in a in a neighboring She's shorter. Room. She needs something to stand on. <laughs> she can stand on her sister. <laughs> but OK, so we make fun of this. But uh, one of the uncles actually did say that it, it was a tough call. For <laughs> yeah, I can. I mean, and you know, it was an even tougher call uh, forcing the groom to consummate with the first sister. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it sounds to me like he's sort of the winner here. He got, he and, got a, a, and making he got, the second sister participate. <laughs> I mean, in the end, he got he got a newer, better model. I guess so. I, I think yeah. every, everyone's everyone's happy except for, you know, the, the one who died. Yeah, I'm possibly the younger sister. <laughs> From India, I, I then want to briefly move to Kurdistan. Okay. So we have... I don't know if you're aware of this, but Sweden is one of the most generous countries in the world. And sure. we one of the ways in which we show our generosity and also brag about it whenever we get an opportunity is that we take in a lot of immigrants, like a shit ton of immigrants. Per capita, the most in Europe. In absolute numbers, we're up there. I think like Germany takes in more, but Germany is also, you know, a huge country. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so... A lot of Kurdish immigrants, and one of one of these people might or might not be one of my colleagues at work. Uh, he his family is from Kurdistan. Uh, he's I think he's lived in Sweden almost his entire life. Came here when he was young, and then a few months ago he he started uh, he started exercising a lot, and he wanted to lose weight. And I was like, oh okay, yeah. And he 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 had a, a pretty heavy workout regimen. I was like, oh okay, is there some is there something special? Uh, happening like uh well why, why the sudden uh, exercise craze okay well it turned out uh, he was taking four weeks off and going to iraq uh, to to go visit family and they were going to fly down there and so on and i'm like huh well, well that's that's interesting uh yeah. like during a pandemic is it is it that important well apparently it was uh he got some freaking tests done um you know you need like some sort of uh, proof that you're either vaccinated or uh, that you don't have corona to travel so he did that he went to iraq came back three and a half weeks later after two days of him being back well he's fucking engaged now apparently in kurdish circles 
uh, during the spring, there are these huge parties, uh, huge gatherings where people go to uh, find a person they're going to marry. Okay. That's why he was exercising. So he was like, I need, I'm going to meet my wife. Oh, you're engaged? Like you already, you've been talking to her? No, I'm going oh. to meet her. I mean, I, I'm hoping she's going to be at this party because yeah. I've got to find someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, they, they just met out, out by the cows mm-hmm. uh, in the back. That's an interesting cultural difference. I also found out that one of my sister's acquaintances, who is also Kurdish, 38 years old, also went to Iraq uh, for the same reason, to, to find a wife. He also found one. Uh, the, wa- the, the wife being the wives don't have much of a choice so yeah they're well i mean she's 20 years old so okay i mean the 38 year old man is you know basically a 20 year old woman we we are a culturally sensitive podcast we you we... you know that during the russian imperial dynasty they counted many kurds among their population and they fought very hard to make sure that kurdistan the kurds um didn't join the ottoman empire in their war against Russia. I, I am so glad that you binging those books finally <laughs> paid off, Ryan. Did you know that the last emperor of Russia, his marriage was the only one that was not an arranged marriage to Alexandra to Alexandra of Hesse. They met when they were teenagers and there In were Kurdistan. many emperor- uh, arranged marriages that their parent that uh, Nicholas Nicholas II Nikki II his parents tried to arrange marriages um, with other people but he was actually in love with Alexandra so they and her parents weren't really thrilled about her marrying him either and they were one of the only ones the the only marriage that wasn't arranged and it was actually a marriage of love and they all got killed in a basement in um, Yekaterinburg See? with their kids their five kids. They all just got shot. And I mean, I, I would say score one for arranged marriages. because see, yeah, see It seems how, like maybe it didn't work out so well. From weddings uh, and marriages to, to weddings to be, uh, I we, are, we have started to lift restrictions in Sweden. Life is getting back to normal. Right. With the lifting of restrictions, I have once again, uh, mostly for the uh, entertainment of our listeners, thrown myself out on the dating apps. Okay. Uh, and to, I would like to tell, uh, sure. So this is this is this is a match I, I had on Tinder right before I left to go to southern Sweden, and we we started talking. And so uh, her name is Rachel. She is a children's counselor. Uh, works uh, works at the school. Uh, she is thirty two years of age. We started talking, and she made a big deal in the beginning about how you you know you know what really matters. Uh, well, what she wants to find, she wants to find like personality. She wants to find someone that she clicks with, someone who someone who shares her values. That's what she reasonable. wants. Yeah. I mean, that's perfectly fine. Going really well. We're having a good time. We arrange for a date after I get back. Uh, so this Sunday was supposed to to be this date. Then a few days ago, while we're while we're talking, she cancels the date, and she cancels the date because we had uh, just been talking. Uh, we had just been talking about Sally, and she found out that I am one inch shorter than her, and sadly, she is attracted to taller men. You know, uh... I mean. I think height is a very important Big part of personality. Apparently yeah. <laughs> personality is 90% height. <laughs> I respect 
that people oh. have preferences for what they find attractive <laughs> and it's perfectly fine that you want someone who is Steve Hall. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> sure. Just don't, just don't, don't pretend. <laughs> like I listened to a week's long screed on how much you care about personality <laughs> only to find out that what you really meant was height and looks. I mean, <laughs> mostly height. <laughs> It's what all personalities are. What is wrong with me? <laughs> anyway, tune in next week for more adventures on Tinder. I'm, I promise you, it's gonna I, be great. That, you can't. I mean, you can't write this stuff like this. Like we just need to take this stuff down and turn it into a TV show. Like I wouldn't have come up with that. That's such a great twist. <laughs> well, I mean, I, unfortunate for you, but <laughs> a great TV show twist. It is, it is a fact that a lot of guys on dating apps, they just lie about their height and say that they are 5'9 or 6 or yeah. however long tall. And you being honest, be honest, cost you. One of the, one of the best uh, Tinder conversations that I have ever seen uh, on, on, on Reddit where people farm for pharma uh, by posting fun conversations. Uh, one of the best ones is when a guy matched a girl and she realizes how short he is. And her, her response is, what the fuck am I supposed to do with you? Pet you? <laughs> okay. So do you remember what I shared the other day uh, in the chat? Uh, of course that, uh, I remember. I'm going to remember all over myself right now. Apple is releasing a new watch. Did you see this? Uh, um, series I 7 or something like that. saw that you shared it. You said wasn't that many days ago i remember when you shared it i didn't click on the link because i've never been yeah, interested that, in an apple watch but yeah um, i mean that's fine it's it's a it's a fucking watch but they're releasing a new one and uh, it has a few more functions but i think their priority is battery time but they also talked about future functions that will be in an apple watch and one of those functions was that it should be able to measure alcohol levels in your blood oh right yes uh, it is also supposed to be able to measure your um, what do you call it your blood levels uh, something like that yeah it, they want so like apple with ios 15 like i have the beta of ios 15 right now on my phone and with ios 15 they really expanded their health app it will tell me if i have a problem walking like it, there's a, there's a stability. Was it, was it just going off binging all over the place when uh, you were at no, the No, apparently I am very, I, I am one of the most, it's walking steadiness is what they measure is one of the things that, so like if, if I had the Apple watch, there's so many more settings in the, in the new health app that could be unlocked. And like they've, I've, I've read articles about how, they're concerned about Apple gathering too much health data about people because like there's also the audio audio headphone levels to where it measures my exposure above 78 decibels over the last seven days is one hour and 25 minutes. Oh. I'm at 34% of my seven day limit. So I'm good because if you're above that, like there'll be an alert that pops up and says, Hey, if you listen and above this level for any more amount of time, you're in, at risk of long-term damage to your hearing. But since I've been below 78 decibels and I'm only at 34% of my max for seven days, there, I'm good. There, there is a joke to be made here about dishwashers, mm -hmm. but I can't think of it right now. <laughs> 
uh, it's also I don't know is if this your a... dishwasher is causing long term hearing loss, your Apple Watch will will track it. But no, this just goes along with what your Apple Watch like okay. they want. They want all your data. They yeah. want all your health data. They want to be your doctor, basically. Tim Cook is like, I'll be your doctor. Send uh, me yeah. your poop. So blood alcohol levels, body temperature, uh, other things, they're going to be able to... Yeah. Crystal stool still. Yeah, no. So so this this brings me to functions that I would like to see in the Apple Watch. <laughs> so one of them that I thought about, why can't it tell me if I'm pooping healthy? It should absolutely should. That's both a joke and not a joke. Like if they're going to measure everything else, you can tell a lot about a person's health and diet from yeah, their stool you, samples. You, you just like you just, if you could hey, just scan it, like turn your turn your like, all right, uh, we recognize that you've been sitting um in this room that you often sit in um every day. Uh so uh, we think that you're pooping right now. If you could just snap a quick pic, you don't even have to take a pic. We already have access I, to camera. I just figured that you would just go in down oh, with your hands, you know. Oh, like JVL did that one time when his daughter you remember back in the OG sub uh substandard episodes one of the first ones one of the kids had pooped in the bathtub and jvl reached in to drain it with his apple watch for athletes on his oh, wrist yep and he had to throw that away yeah no and then like it actually it touches it can me- measure the density of, no that of exactly it. yeah now it's not an accident when you plunge your wrist with your watch uh into poop now it's on purpose and it's gonna yeah. like tell you all kinds of data I have a I have a second function uh, right. that's uh, that's related to 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 both drinking and and like dating. So say that say that you're out uh, at the pub or bar or the nightclub and it's getting late. It's starting to be clo- near closing. You are quite drunk. Closing you might al- time. You might also be uh, be getting a bit desperate. You really need to find someone to go home with for the night. Yeah. All right. A lot a lot of bad decisions are made. Sure. At, at that point in the night, you, you might, it, mm. you, it might be a 10, it might be a cougar, but it might also be, you know, a land whale. You don't really know. Your judgment is just gone. So you should just have your Is like, this the beer goggles uh, experience yes. that people talk about? You should just have your watch and, I don't know, like hold it up and oh. tell her, like, look at this. And then and then your your watch will, like, vibrate or do something. <laughs> your, to your watch says, we've ordered you an Uber. Um, <laughs> go home right now. <laughs> We've analyzed the person that you've uh, asked us to, and we've uh, ordered you an Uber for one person, and it's um, it, you it, need to get in it and go home. It either orders one or two cars. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or it over. It, it's like we've uh, we've pulled up her address and we've uh, ordered a two person Uber uh, uh, for her for her house, so you're safe to get in there. That's like a fail safe feature yeah i think like apple would probably get like um some pushbacks people saying it's a little bit problematic of like who are you to judge by people's uh, you know well, physical I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not judging apple is judging we're not apple is the ones judging they, yes. they want they want to be both matchmaker and doctor do you remember on one of the very first episodes of the show we talked about the new palm our show oh yes 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 promoted <laughs> yeah. by steph when curry palm because uh what did what was it? It was like a sleeve or something like that. It was a wearable. Yeah. Yeah. You could like have it on your. Uh... Yeah. On your shoulder or your yeah. whatever. And that's gone nowhere. 
And they got freaking Steph Curry to pitch it for them. Stupid San Francisco startups. Well, and they that's who they go for now. They go for like these startups. Like it, it's not even your tech that like gets you the funding. If you can get someone cool, like for some reason, NBA players are a big deal with these angel investors. And so like, if you can say, oh, I'll get Kevin Durant or Steph Curry to call you and or they'll be you'll be able to say you're in business with Kevin Durant or um, Steph Curry. They're more likely to invest regardless of whether whether it's a good product or not, just so they can say that they're doing something with Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or, you know, Andre. uh, This is so stupid that I'm serious, especially Warriors. It's it's mostly Warriors, but even like L.A. Clippers, like Kawhi. If you can get Kawhi to be involved or LeBron. Speaking of basketball. You're not going to get LeBron. Speaking of basketball, the Suns are in the finals. The Suns are in the fucking finals. Since the first time since 1994 or something like that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, 1994, 1993. I think the 93-94 season when they had Charles Barkley. To think of like all those years when they had Steve Nash. And Steve Nash won like two MVPs back to back. And people thought for sure that was going to be it. And now they don't even have really a superstar. They have an aging superstar in Chris Paul. And I'm glad I'm I like I the I've been watching this series and I didn't really care who won either Clippers because I like Paul George. Paul George was drafted by the Pacers. And so I became a fan of him like from his rookie year on. And he, he led the Pacers to some Eastern conference finals games against LeBron. And so I've always liked Paul George and then Paul George got a negative, um, got a lot of negative reaction to win one year with the Oklahoma, Oklahoma city thunder. He called himself playoff P he had a bad, bad playoff series. And so people made fun of him. Oh, playoff P what are you doing? Playoff P. I did see a video, I think um, you probably shared it on Twitter, of uh, what's his face uh, getting pushed to the, to the floor. Uh, oh, Paul, yeah, Chris Paul. Uh, so Pat Beverly is like this guy on the Clippers who's like, he's a defensive specialist. He's, a, he's like a, he's a gritty player. He's not like super, he's not a great shooter. He's not a great scorer, but he can shut down the best player on, an, on the other team. So he's got kind of an attitude to him. The game was over. It was already. So it's not like Pat Beverly cost him the game. The game was over really. Pat Beverly talks trash, but Chris Paul also is a famous <laughs> trash talker. And, but Chris Paul is a veteran. Like Chris Paul is going to be a hall of famer. And so he knows how to like, he's done this throughout his career. He knows just how to jab at guys just the right way to like set them off mm-hmm. to where they'll like, you know, swing at you or something like that. And he did that last night. It was in the it was it was in the fourth quarter already. The Suns were up by like 26. And as somebody called a timeout and they're walking. Uh, Chris Paul is walking by Pat Beverly. Chris Paul says something just like a whisper of something. You can't read his lips. The can't the, the microphones don't pick it up. Pat Beverly turns around shoves Chris Paul in the back with both hands and then the video shows Chris Paul on the ground because Pat Beverly's ejected and the video immediately if you zoom in on it Chris Paul's on the ground and he's just laughing so hard because he got him he was like I was gonna get him and he got him Pat Beverly's a famous hothead 
and Chris Paul like knew that he could say something that was going to piss him off. Let's not talk about the, the Arizona baseball team. Uh, I saw that they are dead last in their division. Are they bad? Uh, 22 wins, 60 losses. <laughs> Uh, so, so that could, could could be going better. Transition. So there are few people that we have any reverence for uh, on this show. One of them is Steve Bing, and the Rest other he's very sad. The other is Christopher Nolan. Uh, and in honor of the man, we probably should have recorded this and then spliced it up and just placed it haphazardly. In yeah, the we should have done this episode completely out of order. <laughs> well, although we already did that once. I, I don't remember why we did it. If we just felt like it. This was before mm. Tenet, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. We had the idea first. It was our yeah. idea. Yeah, we, we also play with time. Someone, some guy named Tom... Pass. We did it because of Seinfeld. <laughs> we did it like that Seinfeld episode where they uh, where they, they do everything backwards. Yeah, we're also copycats. Anyway, the Nolan Variations is a new book by this Tom guy about, or is it new? When did this come out? Twenty twenty, uh, October twenty twenty. So it's that's, fairly new. That that's new. To, time has stood still during. I, I can't believe so. we didn't hear about it though. I would have obviously talked about it sooner, but I didn't know. Everyone knows who Christopher Nolan is. Uh, mm-hmm. What's in this book? There are definitely a lot of things that I've learned about him. Um, he's he's a much bigger fan of like uh, pop culture and film than I would have guessed. I would have like it seems like most of these auteur directors are kind of just like in their own head and don't know what's going on outside of like what they think is cool. But like Christopher Nolan, he knows all kinds about all kinds of stuff about pop culture, music, and film. Like he's seen like, two films that he's seen multiple times in the theater are Kingpin, that that move that stupid movie isn't where that a like movie? yes, no. yeah. that really dumb funny belly. He thinks that that is Woody Harrelson in Kingpin is one of the greatest performances ever. He said, "I saw that." multiple times in the theater and then la la land he said he saw la la land 19 times in the theater okay. and <laughs> the damien chazelle oh damien chavalier the author in the book is talking about how uh because at the point i am in the book he's uh, they go through chronologically they they talk about nolan's um upbringing and then how he was uh from middle school through high school he would he went to a uh, boarding school in england and it was like a catholic boarding school nolan talks about what freedom is is being able to pretend because he thought he he, he's not catholic and he thought most of the stuff that the priests and monks were telling them was nonsense and he said the freedom is being able to recite the things they want to say that they want you to say and pretend to be the person they they want you to be but then being subversive in your mind tricking them into thinking that you're going along with the program but in the head you're in your head you're laughing at them and you're mocking their their ideas and stuff like that and i'm not he, sh- i'm not sure i'm entirely convinced of this definition of freedom and he said that was the fr- that was how you get freedom at if you're sent to a boarding school oh okay is you pretend to go along and uh do it to, because then they don't they don't think you're one of the bad kids and you can get away with a lot more because you're only subversive in your head. 
Okay. And Be- because he he went to boarding school in London and his brother went to school in the US. His brother went to school and went to an American school in uh, Chicago because his parents split time. His dad was like an advertising executive, like um like a, a madman guy, um, but in Chicago and London. Um, his dad did some work with Tony Scott because of that. They he got to tour Pinewood Studios in London back before it was like a popular thing. He got to see the first Star Wars film like five months before it was released to the public. And and so he's going to his school and he's telling his friends all about this movie, Star Wars. And he's telling his friends how they made, how they did the effects in Star Wars before they even have any idea what film he's talking about. And his friends are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then finally everybody sees Star Wars and they remember, oh, you were telling about this us about this a long time ago. He, he um, was already then uh, ahead of his time. He was. Yeah, he, he was. And it was just because of his circumstances to where this is kind of like if you read Malcolm Gladwell's book Outliers, he was kind of put in the perfect situation with his dad being kind of connected to Hollywood through London and getting to do th- like his dad had all kinds of video cameras laying around. And so him and his brothers him and his brother, Jonathan, who he called Jonah, uh, they got to make movies when they were little kids and see and they got to see behind the scenes stuff of how movies were made when they were little kids. And so then they got to test it out for their whole lives. And so it's no wonder his first movie was like really good. He married Emma Thomas, who's has been his producing partner for his whole career. She had a job when they first graduated film school together she, in London. And they lived in London in a little flat. And she had a job reading scripts. One script she brought home was Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. Ooh. And he read it before it was a movie. And he said, this is the new Citizen Kane. Before it was made. And he said, and he basically said this, he picked out for whatever reason that script and said, this is going to be just a long-term movie film that's looked at. And it kind of defined the way that he made film, uh, made movies because that movie messed around with time. It didn't show everything in chronological, chronological order up until, you know, the early nineties, that was like a big thing because he pointed out that from like the sixties, until the mid nineties movies were pretty much presented in chronological order because they had to be sold for TV and with commercials being on TV stories couldn't be told out of order. Right. And he basically said because of commercials. And so that was like kind of revolutionary idea in the nineties that you could like, but movies before the 1960s were told out of order all the time. It was only during that era of movies have to be sold to TV as well as on the big screen that you had to tell movies in the right order. Anyway, and I want to play just a clip from the of this book, just because he talks about... Don't say their name. We're not sponsored by them. I want to play a clip from this company that Jeff Bezos owns that will not be named, that's related to Amazon, that has audiobooks. Uh, Because it it just... he The author talks about how he tries to get... the point I am in the in the book is between is after Memento came out the the film his second film with Guy Pierce where Guy Pierce has the amnesia where he forgets every ten his short term memory is destroyed and so he forgets every ten minutes he's trying to figure out who killed his wife I struggle with that movie like I struggle with that movie too I watched it last night and 
after listening to this, uh, listening slash reading this book, all of Nolan's movies, he talks about how he has ambiguity, ambiguity uh, built into them. But it's it's honest. He says it's honest ambiguity because he has a perspective that he thinks happened, like with Inception, where he spins the top at the end. Nolan absolutely has an idea of like what the truth is. He will never say it. Like one time with Memento, he he told this Italian newspaper what he believes the truth is in Memento and who he thinks is telling the truth. And his brother Jonathan told him, never do that again. You cannot ever tell people what you think because they're going to ignore everything else. And they're just going to, they're, they're not going to like put their own interpretation into it. Right. If you tell them what you think. So he's refused in any of his movies since then to tell like what he, if there's, if there's ambiguity, he refused to tell what his perspective is. But he says, if you make a movie that's ambiguous and you don't have a perspective, it will come across as fake as fake. So the, the, so the director has to have his perspective. He has to believe one story and then it can be true ambiguity because if not audiences will just think it's fake if you don't believe in one of them then then in one in one truth if you're just like i don't know what happened if you don't know what happened then people aren't going to like it and so he does in all his movies he he has a um a scenario he believes that is there but he won't say what it is and what's this clip that you're going to play? This clip is from when the author asks him about the truth about Memento, because the author thinks that he's figured out what the truth is in Memento. Nolan won't tell him. And he relates that to the prestige, which obviously at the point the author is doing these interviews. Tom Schoen is the author. He's, he did hundreds of hours of interviews while Nolan was making Tenet. Obviously, they both know about the prestige and memento even at this point in his life no one won't tell him what he thinks the truth is about memento so i'm going to play it from i think this is the right spot if on the other hand we refuse to accept leonard's guilt then all of this is undone the character flagged as the liar is indeed a liar and the one character we believe to be innocent is indeed so surely it's no contest the film with all the irony and guilt and layered characterization pleases Nolan listens as I tell him this, nodding. It makes sense, but I'm not sure that I would go along with your idea of Leonard having been billed as truthful. The reason is, no, innocent, or indeed innocent, because there were very explicit references throughout the film to him being an unreliable narrator, the idea that he lies to himself to be happy. We all do. Right, that's exactly my point. Do I lie to myself to be happy? In your case, Teddy, yes, I will. The alternative, that he's as innocent as he says he is, and that Teddy is just as much of a liar as we're told he is, is far too on the nose. There's no twist. Nolan refuses to say anything, just smiles like the Cheshire cat. And now you're not going to say anything because you know I'm right, and you don't want to ruin it for everybody else, I say. I'm just going to say that you sound a lot like Hugh Jackman's character at the end of The Prestige, he says. How come? I mean, if you watch toward the end, it's what Michael Caine says to that. It's very apt. What is it? Watch the film again. That evening, I returned to the apartment I have rented through Airbnb for the duration of our interviews, and I re-watched The Prestige for the umpteenth time. 
The movie concerns two magicians locked in a fatal rivalry, ostensibly over a trick called the transported man, in which the magician walks behind a door on one side of the stage and reappears magically from a door on the other side. Determined to prize the secret of the trick loose from his rival, Hugh Jackman resorts to theft, even murder, and when he finally learns the secret, he can barely believe his ears. It's too simple, he cries, which leads to this piece of voiceover narration from Michael Caine's Cutter, a recapitulation of a similar speech at the very beginning of the film. Now you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it, because you don't really want to know. You want to be fooled. In other words, as much as I want Nolan to confirm whether I have solved the puzzle of Memento, I don't want him to tell me, because then the fun would go out of it. On some level, I want to be fooled, from which we can infer the slightly cruel dynamic that informs Nolan's films. Call it William Empson's eighth type of ambiguity, Nolan's favorite, when it's the other guy's problem. Like thinking about Michael, uh, no one thinks that he is like that line from Michael Caine in all of his movies. And that like, you, you don't want me to tell you what the answer is. You just want to keep trying to figure it out over and over. Right. No. And I think that is the, this is why I like his movies. I don't. Yeah. I don't want him to tell. I don't want to go I, read I an don't. Italian newspaper and right. Yeah, no. Every time I watch Inception, like, the, or not every time, multiple times I've watched Inception, and I thought, and I thought, okay, no, he's dreaming, and then, or then other times I've I've thought, no, he's definitely not dreaming. That's what makes it great, and and that's what makes Memento great. Is like, wait a second, did is he Sammy Jenkins? Did he inject his wife too many times with insulin, or? is Teddy lying, then it just, the movie just ends. And you're like, like, he doesn't tell you and he's not going to tell you, but he knows like, so there is, or he knows what he believes, but he doesn't want to influence the audience because that's the fun of his movies is that you get to try to figure it out. Uh, well, I, I just decided that before I go to bed today, I'm going to, I'm going to watch Tenet again. I, I haven't rewatched it since I saw it in theaters. I'm going to rewatch Tenet also. And I, cause so I rewatched. So since I've started reading this, I started with, <laughs> I didn't start with the first movie. I rewatched Dunkirk. And then last night I watched Tenet with, or not, Tenet, I watched uh, Memento with Jonah. Cause I, the night before I'd also, I'm starting Jonah's education in movies that are like um, kind of confounding to me. So the first night we watched Primer. Have you seen Primer? No. Uh, written and directed by Shane Carruth. It's a time travel movie that, I mean, there have been articles and blogs written trying to understand understand that movie and like what happens. It, I've seen it probably, I've seen it probably 20 or 30 times. Do, do you understand what happens? I think, I mean, <laughs> I think so. Yes. Now, I, I'm pretty sure. I would, the first 10 times? No, I did not understand. It came out in like 2004, so I was pretty young when I watched it. There, there are two Nolan movies that I haven't seen. I, I will say that Dunkirk is probably my favorite. I, I love that movie to bits, but mm. I still haven't seen Following. And Following, have... they talk about it in this book. I've, I saw it like a long, long time ago. I didn't like it, but listening to them talk about it 
I want to watch it again because I think I might actually like it. And then there's also the movie that came after Memento, Insomnia, mm-hmm. uh, that yeah. I also haven't seen. I saw, we saw that. So, so that's a remake of a Swedish film. He didn't write it, but after he saw the Swedish version, like, and he heard that the, the studio, the, some studio was already doing a remake of it um, in English. He really, really wanted to do the remake. And basically the studio wouldn't meet with him. But then uh, Steven Soderbergh saw Memento and Steven Soderbergh uh, told the studio, you have to meet with this guy. And if you're going to do a remake, you need to let Christopher Nolan do the remake. So that's not like as much of like you can kind of throw insomnia to the side is that's not really his original idea. In, in insomnia is Norwegian. Right. Swedish. OK, it stars it stars Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård. And uh, Maria Bonnevi. Hey, this movie might actually be good. So you're going to watch the Norwegian version, aren't you? Maybe. The, so the the American version is good. I mean, because, I mean, Robin Williams and Al Pacino are in it, and they're they're good. It's just, uh, it's not like a Nolan movie, though. There, there are themes in it that are like Nolan-like, but it's like not his script and not his idea. So, but he just really wanted to remake it. And if he was going to get a payday remaking somebody else's movie, he thought this was going to be the best. Okay. Uh, anything? Anything else about Nolan? No, I think you know I'm only like a third of the way into the book, so I'll have more next week. We have uh, three quick things before we leave. The first, I I finally watched yesterday, which was uh, the Beatles thing. Yeah. Is that the Beatles? Yeah. It was, it, it was quite lovely, actually. It was I actually, thought... I don't like the Beatles at all, um, but it was actually good. I actually really liked it. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was sitting there wondering if is this actually happening? Is he in a coma? Uh, yeah. No, but that was really interesting. And then just the humor in it was actually funny. When I thought the parts with him and um, oh, who's that red-haired uh, pop singer? Um, uh, the where oh. they have the sign songwriting contest. Oh, um, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. I thought that was funny. Where they like go off and they <laughs> they have a contest of who can write the best song, and then he just like plays a Beatles song. <laughs> I thought that was like really funny. Yeah, and, and the things when he like he asks for a Coke, gets a Pepsi. Coke doesn't yeah. exist. Cigarettes because aren't a thing. That stupid commercial. Yeah, that's that's thing number one. Uh, number two. Uh, give uh, give a rating to Mayor of East Town. Out of out of seventy seven, I uh, between out of uh, twenty seven out of seventy seven stars, I would give it like seventy three, seventy four, maybe that, even seventy five stars. That's good, huh? Is really good. I really liked it. I did not think they were going to be able to pull it off because it does kind. I will say it seems like it goes off on a lot of tangents. And I thought it was going to be like um, that move that what's that show I talked about with um, Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jack or Hugh, Hugh Grant, that show that was on HBO uh, uh, um, before to where there are so many strings and they just don't even bother connecting them. They just like leave them out there. I thought this was going to happen with um, Mayor of Easttown, but it ties everything up. And I was, I was so shocked. It, it, it's really good. I, 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 and it actually has like uh, a good message to it, like something that's relevant. 
it, it's really good. And I mean, obviously, Kate Winslet is amazing in it. Uh, the other actors, you'll recognize Roy from The Office. He's in it and he's great. Okay. And the last thing before we leave is, uh, I'm stealing Ryan's thing here. Ryan shared with Chris and me some of the things about uh, Ford v. Ferrari. Uh, and 10 miles after Le Mans 66 to another Ford driver, he said, I think I've been fucked. That should have been in the movie. <laughs> that would have been so Christian Bale. Like, I can't believe they robbed us of Christian Bale saying that in that like cogni accent <laughs> that he was doing. That would have been. That would have been brilliant. Anyway, until next been. time. Thank you for listening. There were a minimum number of interruptions in this show. We'll see if we can keep it that way. Thank you for listening.